Welcome, everybody, back to a new season of MSU Football and Impact's Spartan Red Zone. I'm Matt Merrifield, joined alongside the entire football beat for this 2023 season. Jada Coster and Zach Sloak, all of us here in the studio as we get ready for the kickoff of the 2023 college football season and, most importantly, Michigan State, who starts their season tomorrow night on Friday night under the lights against Central Michigan, which we'll get into later in the show. Got a lot to talk about. If I can, if I can just throw something in right now, we're so back. We're we so are, we back. Are all the way back. Michigan State's back. I'm back. Year three on the football beat. Year That's two good. calling football. Both of you return for what your senior and junior years at Michigan State, as well as your first year on the football beat. We're so back. I don't know if MSU football's <laughs> back, but we are so back. We will get into that. We will do some introductions. Thank you, Zach. For yeah, I had to. I, tease. I, I mean, I, we're I'm way too excited to be back in the studio. Last time I was in here was uh, final green and white report of uh, the fall twenty or spring 2023 semester. Um, talk about waterworks. Um, also, my place of employment. Free plug. Um, I, I don't know, dude. I'm I'm I love being in here. I love talking to you guys. It's going to be such a fun season. Um, Let's let's rock and roll, baby. Green and white returned last Sunday. I was on it with Sir Denick and AJ Evans, but it just wasn't the same without you, Zach. But maybe we can. You need spark. a character. Somebody can, needs to just go off the off the hinges a little hey, bit. One of us in that group bet on twelve year olds in the Little League World Series during Gambling Corner. I, I wonder who I it was. I won't name names, but anyways, if you want to listen to that, all that the Green and White Report, all those episodes are po- posted on our website and. Spotify, anywhere else you can find your podcast. Give that a listen after you finish listening to us talk about Michigan State football here today. So Michigan State coming off a 5-7 and seven season. Disappointing, to say the least. None of us, were, I can say, were happy with how the season went. I was Mich- pleased. <laughs> Just kidding. It was a horrific <laughs> season. It was so bad. Uh it was it was not great, and obviously second losing season under Mel Tucker in his first three it'll, years. It will be a big question if the Spartans can bounce back this year. First off, let's do some introductions. I'm Matt Merrifield. Uh, this is my first year on the football beat, as Zach said. I'm a junior. Uh, I'm very excited to be on this beat this year. Zach and I are gonna have a lot of fun calling games. So hopefully, we'll see if Michigan State can be better than five and seven. Uh, I'm optimistic, which we'll get into. Uh, Jay, if you want to say a couple words. Yeah, for sure. I'm Jay. I'm the the writer for the, on the football beat this year. I'm a senior. So uh, one last year here, and it's no what a better way to go out than be on the, the best beat at Impact. Uh, no bias, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. I am also optimistic about this season, so uh, yeah, we'll just have to see. I can't wait. Uh, I'm Zach Slowick. Let me start off by saying there's no place in the world I would rather be than East Lansing, Michigan. Um, this was a magical place where uh, it feels like all the good things in my life happen. Uh, so I'm back year three, one as a writer. Uh, last year I called games with Mr. Zach Serdenic, so no Zach, Zach coming back, which was so confusing for the listeners. Um, I'm also told we sound not the same, but similar enough to where it's confusing on air. Um, he's definitely a better broadcaster than me. Shout out Serdenic. Uh, what a guy. Uh, also engaged. Shout out Zach Serdenic on that. Um, I, I am so excited to be back. This is my last semester at State. I only got six credits to go and I uh, decided to forego taking them in the summer just so I can be back doing exactly this. Um, our good friend Trent Bailey says, I'm ready to roll, so let's get rolling. I can't wait to finish off Slowick's career here as a six-year senior. Whoa, 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 Fifth whoa. Fifth year. <laughs> Not even. I came. I enrolled at Michigan State January of my freshman year, so I'm exactly four years You're in. Like any, um, but any it, COVID it, I mean, you, yeah, you could say four and a half. Year, yeah. 
technically be from when I graduated high school, but at MSU, I'm exactly eight semesters. Nobody knows with eligibility anymore. So it doesn't matter for I got like 12 radio. more years, so we can just keep rolling if we need to. Is there to. any limit on how long we can be here? No. And be on these airwaves? Good. I'm never graduating. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get into Spartan football. Uh, we're going to talk about how the season go, our expectation for this Michigan State team. We will preview the game tomorrow night against Central Michigan. Uh, then we'll take a quick look around the country. Obviously, college football around the nation obviously started last weekend with Week Zero. It gets started tonight on Thursday night. Uh, a couple big games in the Big Ten and around the country. Utah, Florida is a big one tonight. So we'll get into that. Um, and we'll make our Week One pick them, which I think is the most anticipated thing. All three of us, I think, are very avid sports pickers. And, to say the least. And uh, so I think I think we'll have some pretty good records this year, hopefully, fingers crossed. But let's get into it, and let's just start off with season expectations, predictions. Let's start off just as a whole. I think the big question coming into tomorrow night for this Michigan State team is who will be leading the offense and who will be the quarterback one for that opening drive, assuming Michigan State gets the ball first. Who's going to be running on the field, Jay? I'm going to ask you first. Sam yeah, Levitt because, is the right answer. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sa- Sam Levitt running out there. No, but <laughs> Andrew Scorfar. At Mel Tucker's press conference on Monday, of course, the first question was who's going to be QB, who's going to be the quarterback. Any any answer is he says we'll see who runs out there. So the most coach talk. Yeah, that's coach that's talk. the most Mel thing ever. So, but for me, I think it's going to be Noah Kim. He's got the most experience. Um, showed some flashes last year, obviously, and then the blowout loss against Minnesota through a touchdown pass, and then a couple other games. I think he just got he just has the most experience. I think Kane Hauser has the most upside. But right now, uh, it's got to be Noah Kim. I think he is the guy right now. Um, and. Apparently it's like a tight race, so who knows what will happen? Like, and they don't say anything. So yeah, you're uh, not going to get anything yeah, from Mel from or him, Jay Johnson so. or anybody. Yeah, um, so. I'm also going with Noah Kim, and it's simply because Caton Hauser reminds me of someone who plays in the NFL right now that just got traded to Dallas Cowboys, okay. and that's Trey Lance. He Trey Lance sucks. He, so here's my <laughs> deal: he's a freak athlete. He is. The biggest, the fastest, probably the strongest quarterback in this quarterback room. But he is so raw. If we want to talk about like experience, Noah Kim in high school was forty-one and two as a three-year. He's a winner as a three-year starter. He lost once in the state semifinals and once in the state championship in Virginia. Um, in so far, he's played what three games? I think he's taken snaps in at a quarterback. He's fourteen for nineteen, seventy-seven uh, percent completion, one hundred seventy-four yards, and three touchdowns. So, Kaden Hauser split time his senior year at John, St. John Bosco. He wasn't even the only guy playing. You want to talk about experience and like sitting? Noah Kim sat behind Peyton Thorne for three or two years. Um, came in and was ready to go when he needed to. He has. Enough talent to get you by. You don't need a uh, all-American quarterback to win in college football. You need kind of a game manager. We'll get the job done, and that's why I'm going Noah Kim. I think he should be the starting quarterback. Now, in saying that, the last two times Michigan State's gone with the younger guy, they've done really well. But I want Noah Kim, so Noah Kim under is center Jimmy G, personally. Huh? Hey, if, if, if Noah Kim is Jimmy G, I will be. Ecstatic. Also, what a sweet <laughs> arm sleeve he's got. That makes you like 10% better at it do, football. It does. It is uh, factually proven. I am also on the Noah Kim train. I jumped, That's not good. That means that's, he's definitely not, not I was on the Noah Kim out. train. I jumped on it last year when this team got off to a horrible start, and it was more of just pushing a narrative to just you know make fun of the fact that this football team sucked a year ago. 
And now I've just caused myself to actually believe it, where he does, I think, have the best arm talent. I thought he had the best arm talent a year ago, even with Peyton Thorne still in the quarterback room. I think, like you said, he's a great athlete. He's uh, Mel Tucker said at Media Days that he's a top 20 player on the team in speed, regardless of position, which I think is impressive and is going to bring a different aspect to the offense. I think he's a leader. He's been in the program for four This will be his fourth year at Michigan State. He's paid his dues. I feel like if he wasn't going to get an opportunity, he would have already left by now. Like, just the world of how college football works. I think he's still he, here for a he reason. He could start at Virginia Tech, which is his hometown school right now. And I think, so I am in on Noah Kim. Hauser, I un- I understand the young upside. If he's he was expected to be the boy wonder once he signed two years ago. And he still has plenty of time, right? He's a redshirt freshman. Like, he's still got time, even if he doesn't start this year. And Kim starts next year, too. He's still got two more years to play out. So it's not anything against Hauser. Maybe he is ready. And if he does run out to start, Tomorrow night, I won't. I won't have any issue with who starts. I do like both quarterbacks. It's not like one where it's like I like all three. To I, be honest, and with you. I, I'm high on Levitt too. He's not going to start, unfortunately, because he came in during the summer. He didn't even get to play in spring ball, so he's just still learning how to play college football and learn the offense. Um, so I'm good with either one. But Noah Kim for me is my pick, and I think just the kind of the leadership he'll bring as a veteran presence is something that I th- was missing from this Michigan State team last year. It didn't feel like there was a leader on offense. I agree. So. Um, now let's get into it beyond in the offense, outside the quarterback room. Who's going to be that breakout player for this Michigan State off? Because there's a lot of new faces. Jaden Reed's gone. Keon Coleman left in the transfer portal to Florida State. Uh, Michigan uh, State. Daniel Barker's gone we'll at tight end. T- we'll talk about it uh, tomorrow in the pregame show. But uh, on offense and defense, Michigan State lost nine starters, and then plus Bryce Barringer, who's the best punter in the country. So that's 10 players. And they lost 11 guys who played. Um, the list is very vast, and the team looks a lot different. It doesn't look like it switched that much, but it's it's a big change on that defense. On offense. Oh, on both sides of the ball. I mean, ball. on both sides of the ball. Yeah. <laughs> and especially on offense, it seems most of that turnover is at the skill position. Yeah, so, but most absolutely. of the line is returning. Samak, Duplain, Spencer Brown, Brandon Baldwin, Rawls. You lost one, Jared Horst, and who Jared, didn't, Jared Horst, who but, didn't play the whole season. But you're okay. You're not. You're losing. You're losing that one 15 yard penalty every <laughs> Try first half. Three, three. <laughs> like, and three a game. At, at three, <laughs> at, at least twice a game. That's 50 yards positive. So just like that, you've already on your opening drive. You're already in field goal range. Like yeah. that's just how that math works, kind of. Um, so I. We're journey majors, so not the majors. So uh, the old line, I know it wasn't great last year. I think another year of veteran presence is going to be good. At the skill position, though, I think the breakout player for me is, I mean, is drawing. I think it's drawing Glover. Oh, that's not who I expected you to go with. I like that. Pick. I, I, th- I think there's a lot of open room at this wide receiver uh, position. Other than Trey Mosley, he's going to be wide receiver one, and I think he's an underrated wide receiver in the Big Ten. Uh, he's been a consistent contributor for the last for the offense the last two years, regardless of Jaden Reed and Keon Coleman's health and availability. He has always been there. I think Jerron Glover coming in as a redshirt freshman. He's 6'1", 205. He's very fast. Michigan State keeps posting him on social media. I think that he is going to make a difference in the offense. It's going, there's going to be a wide receiver that steps up. Like There's yeah. just too much open, unless the offense sucks, which is a possibility, but well, I just don't... Can, I, can I, we just... To just go off of that, can the, the future of this wide receiver room is so bright. You got Glover, you got Tyrell Henry, and Antonio Gates Jr. all under sophomore status. That is going to be a loaded wide receiver room come their junior year, which it could be next year, could be in a couple of years, but it's it's going to be massive. And one of the big losses, I think, more obviously, Keon Coleman was the biggest loss for this team. Hurts. And Jaden Reed was a loss was going to happen, so I don't like that one's 
out I just get rid of because he was leaving regardless. You can't nothing control about that. I think Jeremy Bernard at first I was worried when he left and went back to Washington. But we'll see you Tyrell, in week three. Well, he'll be here in week three. I think Tyrell Henry, who was the other top wide receiver recruit that came in with him, obviously Antonio Gates Jr., but Tyrell Henry played a lot on special teams. Yeah. He got a lot of opportunities. I think that says a lot to Tyrell Henry's availability in this offense, who I think is going to be another player that is very potent in this offense. This Those year. are the only two wide receivers from that last class that didn't end up redshirting. And I think that's uh, Glover redshirted. No, that's what I mean. Oh. Uh, the Henry and um, oh, Bernard, Bernard yeah. were the only two that didn't redshirt from that class, which is crazy. Yeah, I think Henry's going to have a big role. He was huge on special teams last year, and I think Mel Tucker likes to reward players for that. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think he's. Well, I'll talk about it later. I don't think he'll be the kick return the guy this year. He might be one of them, but I, I think a little I th- tease. A little tease. Go ahead, Jay. I had Tyrell Henry as another one, but I mean Christian Fitzpatrick. I mean, we talked about this. Christian Fitzpatrick is kind of a big body kind of receiver that you know that kind of replaces. I wouldn't say replace Keon Coleman, but Keon Coleman had that size that. You know, this Michigan State receiving court really doesn't have now. I think Christopher Fitzpatrick can kind of be that type of guy. Not necessarily what Keon Coleman was, but I think Christopher Fitzpatrick can be that type of guy that can have a breakout season for this team and be that jump ball kind of is receiver. Is that your that pick for team, breakout player all offense? I think, yeah, I think well, it is. Yeah. I like that. Well, I like that a lot. Hopefully, Jay Johnson learns a different route yeah, other yeah, than yeah. fades throw to the, up, 50, and just throw it up ball. and hope because I mean, Michigan State does have the tight you, ends to do it. And yeah. you, you, lost, you lost your two big guys who can go up and get it. Um, you lost Jaden Reed, who's not a very big right. guy, but he'll yeah. climb the ladder on anybody. Mm-hmm. And you lost Keon Coleman, who can jump out of Spartan I mean, Stadium. I think I, I don't know how no one's picked this person. It's Nathan Carter for me. Well, I, I that's I went last yeah. because I was for sure that somebody was going to take him on offense. Nathan, I, I'm, I mean, not, I'm not saying he's Kenneth Walker. I'll never say that. I haven't even seen the guy run mm-hmm. other than in spring. He is a monster. He is built. Um, exactly how you want a running back to be built. Uh, 5'10", 200 pounds. I mean, you want to talk about similarities, though. He comes in with just uh, 17 yards shy of 1,000 on career. He only has a couple touchdowns, so he might not be the goal line guy, but I think he's your your, your workhorse back who gets the majority of carries. Um, he's averaging 5.2 yards a carry. He just transferred from UConn. He's a redshirt sophomore. He is... Every bit of what I've heard and what I've seen, and in spring, he is legit. Um, I think he is going to be that guy, and Michigan State needs him because we know Jay Johnson needs play action passing for his offense to work. And if you can't uh, have a good running back or can't have a run game, play action's out the window. And I think it's important too. The run game is going to be the big biggest difference for this offense this year. Quarterback play is going to have to be good, obviously, but the difference it has to be the, okay. It just has to be serviceable. <laughs> it's the run game. The run game isn't there, which it wasn't early in the year last year. And honestly, it was inconsistent throughout the season. This offense just isn't going to work at all. And that's mostly on the offensive line. But I think Nathan Carter is going to be that difference maker. And then Jalen Berger, who's back at running back, and Mangum. Jaron Mangum. Jaron Mangum. Jaden is on defense. Jaron Mangum is a. also back. They're both beasts. They're both over 6'2, 220 pound backs. Yeah. They're going to run through. So on the goal line, don't run out of the shotgun. You know, get under center and hand the ball off. Mangum, and we were talking about this before we went on uh, on air, but Mangum might be that Connor Hayward guy that they kind of needed in their offense last year, and it was very clear they were missing him. Tyler Hunt was not your answer to replace uh, Connor Hayward. Um, Just he he is not anywhere near of as a freak athlete as him. Jaron Mangum, though, 6'2", 235, out of Kaz Tech. Recruited by Mel Tucker to Colorado, then transferred to USF, um, 
That's University of Southern Go Florida. Bulls. And now, now he's a grad transfer here to MSU to play with his brother and come play for his hometown team. I think if you want to talk about somebody that could make a huge splash that I don't really think many people have on their radar, it's it's Jaron Mangum. I, I just hope with Mangum it is the Connor Hayward production, not the Harold Joyner, because Harold Joyner was expected to take that role last year. And By me. I'm pretty sure I was the one who pushed that narrative, and he just oh, did not do it. Lovely. Uh, I think at the tight end position, Malik Carr, I, I, he's shown the flashes. I think he could really be a Mackie finalist type tight end. So I want to see. Like he's got the talent. He's a bona fide wide receiver. He has a size, and I just his, I, I love it, watching him play. Like to be honest, so with you. Fun. his mean, receiving is not the question, and he can blocking, yeah. and and it's not even his blocking. It's his blocking of defensive linemen. He will pancake a linebacker, any defensive back out there. It's blocking someone who's weighs more than him or that is bigger than him. That's where he struggles getting his hands on. Um, with guys who all they do is practice pass rush. Um, I mean, guys in the secondary, you watch. I think there was probably zero games last year he didn't have a pancake block. But in saying that, they were all guys that were much, much smaller than him. I think, and at, at the also at the tight end position, they added a lot in the transfer portal. Obviously, with uh, Tyler Hunt graduating, yeah, uh, which and honestly, Daniel Barker and Daniel Barker. That's a big one. Uh, Tyneel Hopper came in from Wisconsin. Yeah, and, we got to get clarification on pronunciation of this one. And Ademola Filay. We're going to have to. Filay, I believe. Filet. He came in from Nor- <laughs> Filet Fish, um, Norfolk State. Uh, they also I, got Jalen Franklin from yeah, Wisconsin. Jay, or Jalen Franklin. Where did Hopper come in from then? Uh, Hopper came in from Boise State. Boise, Boise yeah. State. And then uh, Franklin came in from from Wisconsin. I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's, not like, it's not like the, it's not the Daniel Barker transfer from last year. I mean, you saw the first game last year that Daniel Parker was a pretty impactful tight end for this team last year. And Should then, have been all year. I mean, yeah. And then this year, I mean, you get two transfers. I mean, we'll see what they do, but it's not, in, it's not that I mean, in transfer. my ideal offense... Yeah. Malik Carr is the tight end, yeah. and obviously you're going to use your two tight end a little bit, especially in blocking situations, but I want the receivers to I want be Jaron Mangum I want, as the second tight end. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so are we? I think there's a lot of potential players to break out. There's a lot of room. There's uh, The offense is wide open, a lot of production left Michigan State's offense last year, so we'll see who steps up and takes the reins there. And then on defense, we can talk about a breakout player there. Yeah, we can. This defense looks a little closer to what it did last year. Yeah, um, so with some departures in the secondary. The secondary, spots, the secondary is the big one. You lose uh, Xavier Henderson, who you didn't have for most of last year, um, but he was that leader in that locker room on both sides of the ball, all around. He was the one true leader you had in that locker room. So he's gone. Someone's got to step up there. Um, Amir Speed's gone. I didn't think that was going to be a big deal yeah. because he was not very good here, but he just made the Patriots 53-man roster, so I could be completely wrong. Um, Kendall Brooks hurts. He, he was a guy that would always kind of set the tone. He was a big hitter. Um, not amazing in coverage, but there. And then Ronald Williams was another corner, kind of like a mere speed. Like He would either be the best player on the field or he was puke-dridge for the game. Um, Jacob Slade and Jalen Hunt on the defensive line, those two hurt a little bit, but that's really it. I mean, you return all your linebackers. Uh, they absolutely loaded up in the portal on the D-line. And the secondary, I mean, it was really young last year, so you needed those guys like Ronald Williams and Mir Speed to play. Um, this year, they have the ability to kind of go a little bit deeper into that that bag, and uh, I'm excited to see it, though. I mean, yeah, if there's one player on the defense, obviously you lose Xavier uh, Henderson and Kendall Brooks. I mean, I'm kind of looking at... Um at a sophomore safety, uh, Malik Spencer. I, I think, like it. Mm-hmm. I think you know he's a guy that you know played a lot at the end of last year because of some of the suspensions um, in the in the tunnel. I think he could be a guy that can. Well, that and uh, Darius yeah. Snow's out. Yeah, Xavier yeah, Henderson's sure. out. He saw a lot of snaps last year. He was supposed to redshirt, and he ended up playing f- five full games. 
Yeah, um, and he pl- played 56 snaps at safety and, and 57 special teams. Um, and I just think he could be a guy that can take a, an, take a step for this team. Um, and you, and you have, still have a lot of youth back there and a lot of question marks. And Malik Spencer, I think, could be a guy that can really help them because you know we, we still don't know who that main guy is going to be in the secondary. We know about the front seven. Um, and like I said, there's still a lot of question marks, so we'll just have to see. Yeah. Well, the front seven... There's two guys in the front seven freshmen that I really like and I'm excited to watch going forward for this Michigan State team. How much playing time they get this year is a giant question mark. Uh, Jordan Hall mm-hmm. and By Job, two I believe both were four stars coming out of high school. Jordan Hall, I think I'll, I think both of them will get playing time. In saying that, I have 12 guys that I and By Job is included on just on that defensive line that I sincerely think. Could play. I mean, on this, th- team. Th- this team is so deep up front. I love the linebacker room. Cal Halliday is back. Jacoby Winman is back. Obviously, not had, didn't finish the year because of his suspension. Uh, the front seven. Simeon Barrow is a captain tomorrow mm-hmm. night. Uh, I love him a, on the defensive tackle. That's a big keep. Uh, Derek Harmon's Derek back. Derek Harmon, Aaron Brule on the. I didn't edge. realize Derek Harmon was only redshirt sophomore. Yeah, he's. I young. feel like he's been here forever and just been dominating. Chris Bogle didn't have a very good year last year, but I'm hoping he he's kind of seems like he's taking that leadership role from the summer. Hopefully, he can be good off the Aaron edge. Aaron Brule. Aaron Brule, like I just mm-hmm. said, I uh, think he's going to be on the. He's listed as a backer, but I think the I have Bogle, defensive end. I think Bogle and uh, Brule will be your two starting ends, and then you have uh, Tumis Adele. I believe that's how you say it. Uh, to me, or ton, yeah, it's I got to get it's Adelaide. Adelaide is the last Adelaide, name. Yeah. I thought it was, okay, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll, we have, it, we'll have it down by tomorrow. Michigan night. State doesn't give us much pronunciation guides, and we but, have to go talk to our wonderful SID Ben to get those. But he, uh, but Adelaide, Adelaide doesn't matter. He was a five star coming out of high school, transferred in from Texas A&M. He's a big piece. He's I don't know where he'll play on the line. Whether he'll be an interior guy or off the edge, or at least a defensive end. Um, they got five defensive line transfers I mean, I mean, that I think could all play. He's 6'4", 290. He's a big – he's just size. And I think this team's big up front on both sides of the ball. Uh, so I think in the secondary, Samar Melvin, the transfer from Wisconsin, we'll see how he steps into the secondary role. I, I'm i going to hope that, you know, Chester Kimbrough, Chuck Brantley, Angelo Gross have been on this defense for three years. Brantley is the only I, sure thing in the secondary that I know will be him and I, I, Br- him and Mangum are the only two that I'm like all right they're I, I, starting. Well, Brantley, I'm like, and I know where they're starting. I'm confident in, um, but just Gross and Kimbrough. Gross, I, and Gross Lowry. is fine in the nickel. I think he struggles back. Well, and but where does Dylan Tatum fit in? Because I think he's going to get a lot more playing time I this think year. I think they, he's yeah. he's my secondary breakout t- player in my opinion. I, I think he moves uh, between like that strong safety like nickel role, but he can also move in and play outside linebacker in a four three. Um, where you could have him right. and Winman as your outside linebackers. Cal obviously holding down the middle. Um, who's your pick though, Matt? My pick is Dylan Tatum. Dylan Tatum. I, th- I think he's gonna play a big role in this defense. They'll find a spot to get him on the field uh, for as talented as he is. I'm interested to see how this team runs. Obviously, will they go to a four three? Obviously, you have to go to a four two five against certain teams. Ohio State and Washington. They're just gonna have to run a four two five. Yeah, they run they run five of five wide. Like you have you, you have, have no to. choice but, but to spread beyond out. Beyond that, tomorrow I th- and which we'll get into the preview in here in a second. I think tomorrow I would like to see more four three. I would like to see a little mix, maybe. Like I don't mind the four two five. I ran like that's what we ran in high school, and it it works. But you got to like your safeties have to be willing to go right. downhill hard. Um, my breakout player. One player I'm really excited for is Eddie Pleasant the third. I don't know how much uh, playing time he's going to get as a true freshman. I mean, Charles Brantley uh, or Chuck, whatever um, you want to call him, he's like the last true freshman guy we saw get a good amount of playing time. I think he could be in that category. He's an absolute freak. Um, 
Caleb Cooley's another one, just young corners that I think could get playing time. My pick is the same pick from the last three years. It's uh, Darius Snow. I don't know when he's coming when back he's or he if, he, come if, back for week four, if he's coming back. I think the hope is to have him back possibly by Washington, depending on how the first two games go, um, really by Big Ten play. He's still obviously nasty injury last year, week one. Um, so he's just about 365 days out from that injury. I mean, knee ankle like anything you leg anything it was you Achilles could, too it was Achilles ACL MCL I think he broke his leg too. it was nasty Jeez. it was uh he just got rolled up on bad you want to talk about you want leadership in the in the room that guy will bring it um he started 10 out of his 20 games played he had 87 tackles in, in 2021 um which is crazy because he was a redshirt freshman um or he was a, a sophomore because he used his redshirt year last year. Um, but my pick for the player that, that I know is going to play and is going to do some crazy stuff this year um, is Jacoby Winman. I, he's, I hope he puts they play him at that linebacker role um, that he belongs. I think he should be there at least every if you, I mean if you need to get to the pass rusher move him down on third down um but he's a linebacker we saw him late in the year after he served his suspension um he he's dominant in that position that's where he belongs that's what he's going to play at the next level so I like him there yeah uh let's transition now into tomorrow night's game seven o'clock against Central Michigan under the lights at Spartan Stadium Pre, six, pre-game, pre-game show start, six six thirty okay six thirty so Spartan Red Zone pregame show with Zach and I um, we might have Colby on to help out with the pregame and halftime shows. He's definitely our, our half credentials. Yeah, so, definitely so, halftime. Um, He'll hop on. We'll definitely get into that. So let's start off. All right, Central last year not did not have the season they wanted under Jim McElwain. They went 4-8 and eight a year ago. Just not the season you want to have. Michigan State comes in. I, 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 I don't think any of us expect Michigan State to drop this game, obviously. Um, but I think there's some things we can learn from this Michigan State team going forward in the season. Number one, obviously, being who the quarterback is and how the mm-hmm. offense looks. This Central Michigan defense is pretty good. I, they returned nine of their 11 starters yeah. from a year ago. Uh, they were one of the best defenses in the MAC. Great on third downs, great in the red zone. So while on paper Central Michigan doesn't look that good, I think the offense at least is a solid enough opponent where we could, they can get something out of this. Um, I, I think I think if they can, if Central Michigan could just put together a passing game, I easily see that record flipping and them yeah, finishing and, much higher in the match. Central is one of those teams under Jim McElwain. They've gone every other like they usually they they don't have back to back bad seasons. And I think offensively, which we'll get to in a second, there's a lot of question marks like similar to this Michigan State offense. Um, so and I, I go ahead, Jay. And, w- and one of the Central's quarterbacks, I mean that running quarterback, I and. State. Yeah, he, he played four games last year, so yeah. he could hold his redshirt and had 600 rushing yards. I, I mean, and we've seen the past that State cannot contain rushing well, quarterbacks. And they're going to see a few this year, yeah. so yeah. Gonna, this is a great test. And Michigan exactly, State yeah. struggles against mobile quarterbacks, especially in the Indiana game last year at home on senior day. Indiana completed two passes. It didn't even matter that they Michigan State couldn't stop two a pass. Two for seven. And, and one of them was so in overtime. You have both quarterbacks uh, on Central Michigan's official depth chart. They have Jace Bauer. And Burt Emanuel Jr. both listed as starters. They're Bert, both bolded. Yeah. So they're you're they're gonna, gonna say a mix of both. Yeah. Burt Emanuel is not gonna throw the ball. He's no. thrown he's thrown six he, he's he had eight attempts last year. In um, four games. Yeah, he's coming in to throw the option or maybe a play action bomb. That's it. Right. And Jace Bauer's still mobile too. He's not quite Burt Emanuel, but no. he uh, Burt Emanuel is a, is it's a glorified what people, running back. Is what people th- 
act like Lamar is. He is a running back that catches the ball under center. Yeah, that's Jay, that's what he is. Jace Bauer last year only had one touchdown pass to five interceptions. So and now he didn't play like the first what five I games, think it was five or six. They had to start Daniel Richardson, and I then he was hurt, and yeah. they got hurt, and then the Bauer and Emmanuel split time to finish the year. Uh, it's going to be tough. Mich- uh, Central Michigan loses their top two running back or top three running backs, including Lou Nichols, who led the nation in rushing in twenty one. He had more rushing yards than Kenneth Walker that year. Their tight end left for the NFL. They lost a wide receiver, they lost some safeties. Two of their they, top wide receivers. So yeah. they, uh, yeah, they only have four returning starters on offense, um, and I think three of them are on the offensive line. Basically, just their offense is terrible. Their defense returning a lot of guys. I mean, if, if MSU can't contain the ru- the it, running quarterbacks again this year, I mean tomorrow night, and then we might have a little bit of problems. I mean, yeah, if, that's for down the road. So, but yeah. I, I think going into this, I'm confident Michigan State uh, will get into the spread. They're favored by 14. 14 and a half, uh, yeah. 14 and a half. We'll get into that in the pick em. I think, okay. And we can get, if you want to make our predictions now for it, we can. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much we need to talk about this game. We're going to do some tomorrow. Um, obviously, it's a it's a big game coming up. Um, I, I'm i just so uncertain on so many things. Like, I will, I'll have so much more to say. Yeah, there's a lot to at, learn tomorrow. After just watching a quarter, um, like right now, I'm I've never felt like I was going in so blind. Even with the Russo-Thorn quarterback competition, I kind of had an idea, like, all right, this team is going to win. I didn't think they were going to win 11. I thought they were going to win eight games. I was like, this team's going to win eight games no matter who's that quarterback. Uh, The the run game's going to be good because it normally is. And I thought the defense was going to be awesome, and it was terrible. Um, This year, I I have no clue. I don't don't even know what they're going to run, other than probably no quarterback sneaks. I mean, I think... I, I I don't know either. I, and last year, they were up on Western at the end of the first quarter in the first half, and you were watching them, and you they, said this team they doesn't did not look, look. They, they didn't, didn't look, look good, good at any Western. point, or even Akron. A they, lot of my friends told me against oh it's Western. I'm like they don't look good. Like no, I yeah. think they were like like they beat Akron fifty two to nothing, and it yeah. didn't look like they were winning fifty two to nothing. So I I agree, Jay. Like I think that I, I think we'll I know pretty quick. Just the eye I, test. Is I don't want to see that tomorrow, tomorrow night. I want to see like just good football and th- this team actually looks prepared on like Western and last year. I want to see that makes any sense. I think last mm-hmm. year the the main thing that was missing was they didn't like guys wanted out there and they wanted to win but they didn't need to win. Like they yeah, were missing some of that competitive push. And I think offensively in my opinion since Mel Tucker's gotten there the offense even in 21 with I mean Kenneth Walker's Kenneth Walker but when the ball wasn't in his hands the offense just felt like it, I, I don't know. It just feels meh. It just feels meh. Like the Peach Bowl. I like, mean, yeah, the K-9 Peach Bowl is a perfect example. Going to the draft.